We want to welcome you today. Welcome to Warden Full Gospel Assembly for our Easter service. So glad that you could join us, whether you're in person or whether you are online. We want to welcome you. He is risen. He is risen indeed. Amen. So good that we can proclaim that. It's a little bit loud up here. Could you just turn it down some? The first words that the angels said after Jesus rose from the dead were, don't be afraid. The first words that Jesus said when he rose from the grave was, don't be afraid. And the first words that the disciples heard Jesus say when they were gathered together and Jesus appeared to them, the first words that they heard Jesus say to them in this gathering were, don't be afraid. That's the message of Easter. That's the message of the resurrection. Don't be afraid. That's what we need to hear, certainly in this day and age. This is what we need to hear on this Resurrection Sunday. Don't be afraid. And what happened over 2,000 years ago is still applicable and relevant for us today. We are to be people who are not to be afraid. The personal columnist who writes Ann Landers, you probably have read some of her advice columns, the person who writes those columns receives over 10,000 letters per day from people seeking advice. And once was asked, what is the most common problem that you see in those letters that you receive? And the reply was, without a doubt, it is fear. In our world today, we are experiencing a new wave. And I'm not talking about the sixth wave of COVID. I'm talking about a new wave. The new wave that people are experiencing today is this wave of fear. 54% of young adults believe that in the next 10 years, we will experience a nuclear war. A poll conducted recently asked the question, what do people fear? 51% fear snakes, 40% fear public speaking, 36% fear heights, 34% of people fear being confined to a small space, 27% of people fear spiders and small insects, 21% fear needles, 20% fear mice, 18% fear flying on an airplane. On the front pages of newspapers, you can turn on on the internet, you can turn online, the news agencies, when you open up the first pages, the news is unquestionably frightening with political turmoil at home and abroad, worries over oil, gas, and food prices, earthquakes, climate change, hurricanes and fires, and nuclear meltdowns. Now, if you want to be a person who wants to be absolutely safe in our world, you would need to be a person who would stop driving your car because automobiles are responsible for 20% of fatal accidents in our world today. And if you wanted to be absolutely safe, you should not leave your home. You should actually stay in your home because... In your home, 17% of all fatal accidents occur in your house. 
If you want to be completely safe, you would need to stop traveling by airplane or train, subway or boat, because 16% of all accidents involve some kind of transportation. And you need to stop walking on sidewalks and crossing, and crossing crosswalks, because 14% of all fatal accidents happen to people who are pedestrians. And if you really want to be a safe person and want to be in a safe environment, don't go to a hospital. Because 32% of all fatalities occur in hospitals. But the safest place for you to be in at any given time is to be in church. Because 0.001% of all deaths occur during worship services in church. The point is, my friends, <laughs> the point is, fear is not a minor issue. And the message, the message this Easter is one of, don't be afraid. Now, if you were to project on the screen all of your personal hidden fears, and we were to look at what was actually causing fear in your life, what would the screen show? In your own personal life, what is it that is causing fear in your life? Job security, the economy, your family, are there family issues? Perhaps you're dealing with relational issues, financial issues, maybe a health issue. Maybe there's a marriage issue going on. Perhaps you are afraid of raising a child in this time period. Maybe you're afraid of a child going in the wrong direction. Maybe you're afraid of the dark. Maybe you're afraid of public Concern, safety concerns. Maybe you're afraid of the rise of crime that is happening in our city. There are so many, many fears. One recent study just recently interviewed 500 people and discovered in those 500 people that those 500 people had 7,000 different kinds of fears. That's an average of 14 fears per person. This is not some minor issue. The message of Easter, however, is when Jesus rose from the dead, he said, first and foremost, don't be afraid. Now, we have all kinds of names that we attach to fear. Sometimes we call fear worry and shin, anxiety, stress, being uptight. Someone once said that fear is the dark room where negatives develop. And when we live in this kind of a realm, it can be really draining emotionally. And people are struggling in our time period. In this age, we are struggling with our emotions. They're being drained. And a lot of it is attached to the fears that are governing the people's lives. But the most important thing, listen to me, the most important thing that you and I need to recognize and need to know is that God doesn't want you to be afraid. In fact, the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 12, notice these words. In Christ, we can come before God with freedom and without fear. We can do this through faith in Christ. So today, 
on this glorious Easter Sunday morning as we celebrate the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. I want to give you three basic foundational truths for no fear living. These truths are as simple as ABC. Accept, believe, commit. Three very simple truths. The first truth is accept God's love for you. Accept God's love for you. 1 John chapter 4, verse 18 says, Where God's love is, there is no fear. Because, God, because God's perfect love drives out all fear. It is punishment that makes a person fear. So love is not made perfect in the person who fears. See, what the Bible is describing here is something that we need to understand. The Bible is saying that the opposite of love is fear, and the opposite of fear is love. In other words, love and fear cannot coexist together in the same room. When love enters through the front door of your life, fear has to exit out the back door of the life. In other words, love is the antidote to fear. And the deepest need in every single human being The deepest need of every single human being is to feel totally, absolutely, unconditionally, and completely loved. Every single one of us in this room, and if you're watching by home, by television or iPad or whatever mode you're watching by, listen, every single person, our deepest need is to feel totally, absolutely, completely, and unconditionally loved. That's our deepest need. Not for something that we could be, not for something that we should be, but we all want to be loved and accepted just as we are. And so because of this need, there are three kinds of fear that we deal with in our lives. The first kind of fear is what I call a surface fear. It's Surface fears are like... You're afraid that you won't be able to pay your utility bills this month. Or you're afraid that you're going to run out of gas as you are driving before you get to the gas station. Or you're afraid you're going to have a car accident and you're worried that you don't have clean underwear on. Those kinds of fears are surface fears. You're afraid your friends are going to see you eating a hamburger at Burgerville because you told them you were on a diet. Those are surface fears. The next level down are these subconscious fears that we deal with. And these are a little bit more significant. We all struggle with some of these unsettling fears subconsciously. These are fears that we deal with. Fears of failure. Fears of that people are going to reject me. Fears of abandonment. Fears of losing control. Fears that I, I'm not going to be adequate to fulfill the task at hand. Fears that I'm going to, a secret of my life is going to be found out. Those are subconscious fears. But then there's a deeper level of fear, and that is soul fear. It's a spiritual fear. It's it's that taproot, that source where all of your fears come out of. The spiritual fear that's deep within your spirit. And no matter how hard you try, no matter how much you try, no matter what you do, 
to get rid of all these other fears, these superficial fears and these subconscious fears, until you deal with the root, deep down spiritual fear, nothing else is going to work. And until you get that, until you, there's a healing of the deepest level in your life of the fears, the, the problems that are on the surface and the subconscious fears in your life, they're just going to kind of float there until you deal with the real root, the deep spiritual fears that we experience in life. See, until that issue is resolved, you're always going to be tormented by all these other fears. Because at the core of your being, the deepest need, in the very core, the very center of who you are. Remember what I said earlier, there's this condition where you want to be loved more than anything else. And until you experience the unconditional love that the scriptures were describing for us, until you experience that unconditional love where that perfect love casts out all fear and let me tell you friends the only person that can give you that kind of love is God only God can love you as much as you really need to be loved only God can love you as deeply and as intimately as you really need to feel love now if you try to get that from other people what only God can give you're always going to experience disappointment only God can love you unconditionally. And only God can live, love you consistently. There's never been a time in your life that God didn't love you. God loves you every second of every minute. God loves you every hour of every day. God loves you every week of every month. God loves you every single year. And that can't be said of anyone else. Only God has that much love to give. So, if you never get to know God, or you just have this superficial religious belief about God, or you drift away from having a close relationship, an intimate relationship with God, Unfortunately, friends, you're going to be dealing with fear issues constantly in your life because it's a spiritual component to that fear issue. So the first foundational truth that you must accept, that you must accept in order to have a no-fear life is you have to accept God's love because where God's love exists, there is no fear. So if you don't get to know God, there will always be this, this gapping chasm, this cavern, this emptiness within your soul. And if love isn't filling this up, what's going to fill it up is fear. And only God's love in your life can dispel the fear that will govern your life. It's ironic to me, honestly, it's ironic to me that when people need God's love the most, they tend to go the other way. Instead of running towards God and experiencing the love of God, unfortunately, people try to avoid God. Have you ever taken time to kind of think about and 
wonder why people try to avoid God. I think probably the most number one reason, the most important reason is probably guilt, that guilt causes people to run away from God. Instead of running to God, they run away from God. I mean, this goes back as far as Adam in the Old Testament in the Garden of Eden. Remember what Adam said when God was looking for him? The first words out of Adam's mouth was, I was afraid and I hid myself. See, and people have been afraid ever since then. They've been afraid of God and have been running from God ever since. People say, but you don't know what I've done. You don't. You don't know my life. I've blown it so much. I don't know how God can ever love me. Let people say that. Well, look what it says in Romans chapter 8, verse 33, 38 and 39. I am convinced, however, notice these powerful words, I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, Neither our fears for today, nor our worries about tomorrow, not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below, indeed nothing, underline that, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed to us in Christ Jesus our Lord. Did you hear that key operative word? Nothing. Nothing means nothing. Nothing can ever separate you and me from God's love. The love that God has for us. God has never stopped loving any of us. All of us are loved of God. Now, that doesn't mean that he approves of everything that you've done, but God has never stopped loving you. Other people say, well, I don't don't feel like I'm a bad person, but I I, I just don't think God is interested in me. Well, Luke chapter 12, verse 7 says, and the very hairs on your head are all numbered. So don't be afraid. You are more valuable to God than a whole flock of sparrows. If you ever want to know how much you are loved, just look at the cross. Just look at the cross. You see, friends, the starting point to overcoming fear is to accept God's love. That's the starting point. It's one thing to know about God intellectually. It's another thing to really accept God's love. Probably everybody in this room, and even those who are watching online right now, probably everybody, we can talk about God's love and we have some knowledge of God's love, but it's another thing to really accept God's love. And what we need to understand is that you and I, we were created so that God could love us. God created you. God knows everything about you. He knows every intimate detail about you. He knows the very intricacies of your DNA. And God, because he has created you, wants to have a relationship with you. And the only way that you will 
The only way that you'll be able to feel God's love is to accept it. Where you come to a point in your life and you say, yes, Lord, I receive your love for me. It's that simple. I just don't want to know about it. I just don't want to have it in my head knowledge. But I really want to know you, God, that you love me. And the creator of the universe, my friends, the creator of the universe wants this kind of personal relationship with you where he extends his love to you and you are able to say, I accept your love, Lord. Because that's why he sent Jesus into this world to show us what God was like, where he lived a sinless life, where he loved people, where he healed people, and then he died on the cross and he rose again. That's how much God loves us. And that's what Easter is all about. It's coming to this place of understanding and believing and trusting in God's love for us. The second foundational truth to overcoming fearful living is believe that Christ dies and rose again. Now I want to focus on that word believe because this is a really important word. Believe means to trust in, to cling to, to rely on, to adhere to, to commit to, to sell out to. That's the definition of believe. Now let me explain this, this whole concept of belief because it's really important for us to grasp this. I believe in Lenin. Lenin was a historical figure. He was a dictator in Russia. He was the father of communism. But I'm not a communist. I'm not a communist. I believe in Donald Trump. Donald Trump is a historical figure. He was the past president of the United States of America. But I'm not a follower of Donald Trump. I'm not a disciple of Donald Trump. I believe in Jesus Christ. Jesus was a historical figure who walked on the face of this earth, who lived on this earth. And Jesus also made a claim that he was the Son of God. And I'm a Christian. Why? Because I've committed myself to Jesus. See, it's one thing to believe about something. It's another thing to believe in something. Did you get that? It's one thing to believe about something. It's another thing to believe in something. It's one thing to believe something about a person. It's another thing to believe in a person. So it's more than just having a head knowledge, believing about somebody. It's deeper than that. People say, well, I believe there is a God. Great, so what? So what that you believe in God? Big deal, I don't care. Believe in God all you want. The Bible says even Satan believes in God. But you will never find the devil in heaven. See, it's, let me explain it this way. It's like you sitting in this chair right now, or those of you who are watching online, sitting in a chair at home. It's like, 
It's like the chair that you're sitting in, in this sanctuary. You say, I believe this chair will hold me up. It's one thing to say you believe that the chair will hold you. It's another thing to sit in the chair. The moment that you decided to sit down in the chair that you are sitting on, the moment that you decided to plant yourself on that chair, that's real belief. That's real belief. So the question becomes, if I believe in Jesus, more than just head knowledge and more than just a historical figure, if I really believe in the person of Jesus, what difference will he make in my life? Do you really believe in Jesus? What difference will he make in your life? Well, right off the top of my head, I would say one difference would be that if I believe in Jesus, and if I believe in everything that Jesus said, and I believe that Jesus' words in the Bible are real to me, and I believe what Jesus says about the future are true, about salvation, then I can stop, then I can stop being afraid of death. If I really believe in everything of who Jesus is, then I don't need to be afraid of death. Because here was another great announcement of Easter. It's found in Hebrews chapter 2, verse 14 and verse 15. Because God's children are human beings made of flesh and blood, the Son, that is Jesus, also became flesh and blood, for only as human beings could he, only as a human being could he die, and only by dying could he break the power of the devil who had the power of death. Only in this way could he, set be, could he set free all who lived their lives as slaves of fear of dying. You know what this verse talks about? This verse talks about releasing a fear that captivates a lot of our lives. It releases us from the fear of dying. And that's what the resurrection, and that's what believing in the resurrection of Jesus is all about. It releases us from the fear of dying. If there is one topic over the years that I have discovered that people don't like to talk about, it is death. People don't like to think about death. People don't even like the word about death. And they certainly don't want to have a discussion about death. And the reason why that is, is because Unfortunately, people have this weird mindset. They don't, they don't know what's going to happen afterward. And, and secondly, a lot of people are afraid to meet God. But listen to me. You don't have to be afraid to experience death. If you know Jesus, and you have a personal relationship with Jesus, and you believe that he is a personal friend of yours, and you believe that the promises that Jesus made in his word, that you will be with him when you die, you don't have to be afraid of death. We can't even imagine with our small, finite, feeble minds what heaven will really be like. People have conjured up all kinds of weird ideas about heaven. And I'm sure, I'm sure we've all seen images where 
a person in heaven gets a set of angels' wings and a harp, and you're dressed in a white robe, and you're sitting on a cloud, and you're kind of floating through eternity on this puffy white cloud, strumming a harp. I'm sure you've all seen scenes and pictures like that. Can I be honest with you for a moment? Honestly, I couldn't think of heaven being more boring than that. I don't think there was anything more boring in heaven than having a vision and an image of having angels' wings and strumming a harp on a cloud. When I was growing up as a boy, I had a yellow canary as a pet. That canary never left its cage. It had a beautiful song, but it never left its cage. Imagine... Imagine if you were that little yellow canary and you spent all your time in a cage. And you think all to life, all there is to life is this little dish of seeds that are put in there every day for you, swinging back and forth on a little bar. And there's a little mirror in that cage where you can look at yourself Can you imagine if that's what life as a canary was all about? And then one day, one day somebody takes you out of that cage and takes you to the jungle where there are beautiful waterfalls and gorgeous flowers that are blooming and beautiful lush green trees. And you see millions and millions of other birds flying around, tweeting, and they're all free. Do you think as a canary you'll be bored in that kind of a place? As beautiful as this world is, and as fun as the experiences that you have had in this beautiful world, there's some beautiful places in this world, and some of you have traveled to some of the most beautiful places in this world. This world is a beautiful place. And as much fun as you have on this planet, the Bible says this about heaven. No eye has seen, and no ear has heard, and no mind has ever imagined what God has prepared for those who love Him. resurrection of Jesus makes heaven possible. And the, re- and the reason heaven is available for me and for you is because I believe that Jesus rose from the grave. Listen, the reason you need Christ in your life today, the reason you need Christ in your life today is that you are alive. And the chances are most of us, probably 100% of us, will be alive tomorrow as well. But there is coming a day. Someday. In the future when you're going to die. And it's important for us 
to understand that we need to make preparation for heaven now. Only a fool goes through life unprepared to what eventually will happen in life. And the resurrection of Jesus has released me. It has and can release you and free you from the fear of dying. Today, I no longer have to be afraid of death. And the last thing I would like to say to you today is that we need to commit our fears and our life to Christ. First Peter chapter 3, verse 14 says, But even if you suffer for doing what is right, God will reward you for it. Here it is again. So don't worry. Don't be afraid of their threats. Instead, you must worship Christ as Lord of your life. You notice what the scripture says here? The scripture says, don't worry, don't be afraid of anyone. Instead, give reverence for, to Christ and honor him as Lord. What does it mean? What does it mean to be Lord? What does it mean to honor Jesus as Lord of your life? It means that you need to turn over your life and allow him to manage it. It means that Jesus calls the shots. It means that he's the boss of your life. It means that you're submitting yourself to him in a life of service to him. To honor Christ as Lord means that he is the ultimate person that I must please in my life. That is exactly the line from the first commandment which says, you shall have no other gods before me. No other god. No other gods is what the Bible calls idolatry. Anytime, listen, anytime anything else beside God becomes more important in your life, along with the fact that it can be easily taken away from you, you're going to develop fears in your life. Idolatry is any time that you put anything, any person, any job, any career, any decision, anything first in your life where God ought to be, you've made that thing God. And any time you let this happen, you're setting yourself up to become fearful. If success, if success is the most important thing in your life, you're going to develop a fear of failure. If getting people's approval is most important to you in your life, you're going to develop a fear of losing friends. If making money is the number one goal in your life, you're going to develop a fear of losing all of your money. See, idolatry equals fear. That's a mathematical equation you need to keep in mind. Idolatry equals fear. Think about what makes you afraid in life. Could it be, is there a chance that the issue is something in your life is competing against God in your life? Outwardly, you may look like you've got it all together, but inwardly, there's insecurity gnawing away at you. Listen, as long as you and I try to be God in our life and we believe that we can handle all the things by ourselves, trying to control situations, trying to control our environments, trying to control our spheres, keeping up our image, maintaining the approval of people, living and operating in this realm of finding things that kind of occupy our time first and foremost, 
Our lives are going to be filled with worry and with fear. We should be reminded at this point that if something has become way too important in our life, more important than it should be, it may be time to relinquish and allow God and Christ to manage that in our life. That's what it means, committing our fears and your life to Christ. Romans chapter 8, verse 15 and verse 16 says, The spirit we receive does not make us slaves again to fear. It makes us children of God. With that spirit, we cry out, Father. And the spirit himself joins with our spirit. God's spirit joins with our spirit to say, that we are God's children. Friends, listen, if we don't fill, if we don't fill our lives with God's presence, and we don't honor God, and we don't worship Christ as Lord in our life, your life is going to be filled with fear. You wonder why you're stressed out, and you wonder why there's worry, and you're all uptight all the time, and things are just pressuring in on you, and you wonder why things don't seem to function the way they should ought to go and how they should function. Maybe you're feeling right now things aren't fitting together right. Maybe there's a feeling in your life of incompleteness. Maybe there's a feeling like things aren't falling into place for you. Maybe there's dissatisfaction that you're experiencing in your soul and you're thinking to yourself, there's got to be more to life than this. Listen, listen, listen. It doesn't matter how much human affirmation you receive. It doesn't matter how many awards you put on your mantelpiece. It doesn't matter how many promotions and how many achievements you get. It doesn't matter how many possessions that you accumulate in life. Nothing can substitute God's presence in your life. Without God's presence in your life, there's always going to be a vacuum of you trying to seek to fill it with something. The message of Easter is, Jesus came out of that tomb to fill the emptiness and the longings of our empty hearts. And he came out of that tomb because he loved us and he wants to fill our lives with his love. He wants no fear to exist in your life because he wants to infiltrate your life with his all-encompassing love. I'm going to close with this last verse and this is my prayer for all of us, including myself. Notice what it says in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 2. Dear friend, God the Father chose you long ago, knew you, and knew you would come to be his children. And the Holy Spirit has been at work in your hearts, cleansing you with the blood of Jesus Christ and making you please him. And here's my prayer. May God bless you richly and grant you increasing freedom from all anxiety and fear. That's what Easter means. That's the prayer of Easter. 
That's the prayer for you to receive this Easter, that you will have increasing freedom from all anxieties and all fear. You don't have to look into the news, and you don't have to look what's going around in the world, and you don't have to worry about what's going to transpire five years, ten years, even next week. Because God's love for you dispels all fear. And he will take care of all of us because we have this deep-rooted understanding that no matter what happens in our world, God will never stop loving you and he will take care of you. And so I commit all my fears, all my things in my life to him and I say, Lord, you are my God. I celebrate your resurrection. I worship you because you have secured a beautiful, fantastic, wonderful future that my mind can't even comprehend, and it exists for me. That's what Easter is all about, and that gives me the impetus to get up in the morning and not worry about what's going to happen because my life is secure in the hand of God. Amen? Let's stand together and worship him one last time. Heavenly Father, thank you for sending Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, that you came into this world. You died upon the cross so that we might experience salvation. But you rose again to secure our future for us and to provide us a glorious future. We no longer have to live in fear. We no longer have to succumb to the worries that so dominate our lives around us. But Lord Jesus, I pray, may we today begin to learn to celebrate you and worship you because of what you accomplished for us. Thank you for your love. Thank you that your love for us dispels all fear from us. We give you praise, glory, and honor. In the powerful name of Jesus, I declare it. Amen and amen and amen. Let's worship him.